Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Ziggy Sports Podcast, Season 3, Episode number 39, May 24th, 2021. Um, certainly a lot of overreacting to today. Um, NBA playoffs, eight games. And I will say, I believe Matt Barnes tweeted this out. I'm not, you know, too sure he did. But, you know, I haven't seen the first eight games. Like, these playoffs so far have been fantastic. And, you know, Memphis won. There was a lot of upsets. I feel like all these series have potential to be really fun. And I feel like in the NBA playoffs, we haven't said that in a long time about the first round matchup. So, um, should be fun. Also, Julio Jones. I mean, how funny was that? I mean, he got a call on air from Shannon. I mean, that is just too funny. Um, so, a lot of interesting stuff today to talk about. So, without further ado, let's dive on it. All right, and we begin today's episode with the Julio Jones news. So, pretty much Shannon Sharp, um, I guess, called him. I don't really know the details too much. I heard it um, just a, a couple minutes ago. But pretty much either him... I'm, I'm assuming he called Julio. I'm, I'm yeah. sure Julio he didn't call on him. The show and Skip was saying something about Julio's going to the Cowboys because he was wearing that sweatshirt over the weekend. Yeah, and then, service. yeah, exactly. Yeah, the picture. So the and picture then, pretty much started this whole thing. Yeah, Shannon called Julio and he said, like, what's up, Unc, or whatever, and he put him on the phone or whatever. But he never said that he was live on air. And he said, do you want to play for the Dallas Cowboys next season? And he was just like, I want to, I want to win. And then basically he said, uh, what about Atlanta? He's like, I'm out of there. So, yeah. That's- yeah, and I will say, I mean – isn't I, I maybe their relationship is really closer than we think, and you know, he, that's not the type of relationship they have where he needs to even explain they're on air. Maybe they're just you know really close, and it's fine with Julio. But I thought he would give a little heads up that he's on air. Or another thing is this could be a way for Julio to push his kind of negotiations to kind of speed up. Yeah, people were saying that if he can get live like exposure on live TV, like kind of saying that he wants out, maybe the Falcons will be a little bit more rushed. Uh, well, to him they got their wish. But around the yeah. league, they're saying that they want a first-round pick, Atlanta. But the belief is that they're only really going to get a second-round pick and possibly a player in return for Julio. So. Not, yeah, there's no, there's no chance to get a first-round pick with his age, uh, the injuries last year, and his contract. It's really hard to move that. Yeah, he has a first-round pick. Million-dollar cap hit for this upcoming season, mm-hmm. which is kind of insane for especially a guy like you said who's coming off a lot of injuries and he's 32 years old already. And I it's saw so they want to they want to preferably keep him out of the NFC. I feel like that's so dumb. Who cares if he like if you want to keep him out of the division, fine. But like, well, who cares if you trade him to like the 49ers or something? Like, who cares? Like, yeah. if you yeah, if I agree with that the, graph. If they no, offer I, you the best value, then like you just take it. Who cares if they're in the NFC? Yeah, we have seen that in the past with uh, quarterbacks, but I think you're 100 percent spot on. I mean, with a receiver, who cares? Than, like a wide receiver. Yeah, I, I agree. Stupid. Totally. But um, what are the five trade destinations that uh, he's possibly looking at Julio Jones? Because I, I think I saw something over the weekend where there's five spots. I just um, saw I think. Hold on, I'll pull it up. I'm pretty sure I saw Raiders. Yeah, Raiders were in that. I, I've I was seen Colts and Titans. I think. Okay, hold on. Ravens, Raiders, and Colts were all interested in Julio before the draft. That's mm-hmm. okay. So those should be three teams we look at. Obviously, Dallas. I mean, at this point, that just no. Dallas is the a receiver, but the Colts should 100% be making some phone calls. I mean, Colts they desperately need his help. Pick up the phone. The if Ravens wide receiver one, you could easily consider them a contender in the AFC. Mm-hmm. You know what? I, I would like them to go to Indianapolis, though. I'm, I mean, yeah, it right. would really change my thoughts on Indy for sure if they got a guy like Julio. Yeah, because TY have, would be the they have yeah. what Pittman and Ty, and then that, yeah, that, and that adding Julio makes it a nice core. P- Pittman's like, still unproven, and Ty is washed at this point. So they really do need another playmaker on that team. That's messed up. What's messed up? Well, 
you know, I mean, T.Y. is past his prime, but I, I think that, you know, he prime. probably has a couple solid years left, I think. I mean, he's only, what, like 31? I mean, hasn't he been, like, threatening to solid retire ball? for a few years now? I feel like he's just old. Slot. That's all they need him for. Yeah, well, I listened I mean, to an, uh, an interview with um, Pat McAfee, and, I mean, he seemed perfectly fine. I mean, he seemed, like, ready for and excited for the season. Uh, he spoke on his contract, and he said he was pumped uh, to stay in Indy. And he said he wants to prove to everyone this season – that he could get another long-term deal somewhere else or even in Indy, perhaps he wants to be a prove it year kind of thing where hopefully he can get a big bag either in Indy or somewhere else. He won't though, because of his age. Well, I mean, he the Ravens offered him the last two seasons either. I mean, like it's just not what he used to be. Didn't Baltimore offer him so much? Cause I remember he told uh, McAfee that he passed down money from Baltimore. Yeah. It was, like I think Baltimore, it was 10 million a year. The Ravens tried overpaying every receiver because not yeah. a lot of receivers wanted to sign there because they know that the offense is mainly run-based and they would have to block. So they tried overpaying. Yeah. So I think they paid 10, 10 mil a year. I'm not sure. I think two years or three, perhaps. I, I'm not sure, but I think it was 10 mil a year. Yeah, I mean, though. staying with the Colts. I mean, listen, even if they get Julio, we still know. Like, it obviously helps Carson Wentz, but we still don't know if Wentz is going to be good. So you now, can- That would help him tremendously, though. And like – that, that would help them so much. I don't even care if Carson Wentz would be good or not. Like, you can't fail with, you know, like the, the team would just be so good at that point. They have a much better offensive line than the Eagles did last year. And then you have a running back. And then adding Julio Jones to that, I wouldn't even be worried about Carson Wentz anymore. Not only that, you have, like, two running backs. Because Naheem Hines mm-hmm. is, no, is no slouch either. He's, and then no, they have sure. two tight ends, too. So, like, if they if they go into the season with only T.Y. Hilton and, like, Pittman, I'm still worried. Um, but there's no there's no doubt they should pull the trigger now. Second round pick and then a player, maybe Hines, because they don't really need a second running back. Or Marlon Mack. Yeah, absolutely. Or someone like Zach Pascal, just somebody to throw in the deal, mm-hmm. a player to include. But I mean, listen, Julio makes the Colts up there with what the Bills, the Browns, and the Chiefs in the AFC for sure. I mean, like a team like Oakland, I no feel question. like would give away a second round pick because they're not there yet. So why would Oakland? Yeah, but Oakland consistently makes questionable decisions. Yeah, I mean, and you know John Gruden. I mean, he's a guy who's risk it no biscuit. He he's gonna pull the trigger, for and, sure. Well, what about the Ravens? I mean, you have Rashad Bateman, Hollywood Brown, Sammy Watkins. Is it necessary to give up a second round pick for Julio when you're still gonna be more of a run based offense? Look, I mean, let's put it this way, Frank. Anytime you have the opportunity to give up, uh, it's like just a second round pick for for Julio Jones. You you do it. Tw- you should take to make it. Lamar Jackson happy. Lamar Jackson, I feel like would love that, and perhaps maybe Julio wouldn't, but. You got to do it. And it's not Julio's choice where he goes at the end of the day. It's not like no trade clause. Cam, though, in the Patriots, that's also another possibility. That, I mean, that would be fun because I know they're childhood friends. I, I know Cam and Julio are really good friends. So, I mean, that would be cool, I guess. Bill Belichick, Julio. I mean, remember the rumors about him getting drafted by the, the Pats mm-hmm. a couple years ago or like 10 years ago, whatever? It was almost like when they got Moss, like you get yep. a, a really stud receiver in more of like the latter part of his career and he kind of turns out to just play amazing yeah but now they have cam newton throwing the football a little bit of a downgrade there i mean mac Mac is fine if if mac plays he'll be fine definitely i'd say well Well, doesn't julio want to play with cam not mac i mean it's i mean it's not really his choice if they yeah he has he has no (laughs) well i mean let's see cam then you know they're gonna i I don't want i don't like this cam signer i can't i don't like this cam signer over here i can't lie i mean well cam's the starter week one i think it really just pisses me off when people disrespect these players who i mean guys this guy's been playing at an incredible level for so many years and i know the past couple seasons have been really only kind of down incredible at an incredible level for like three or four years yeah i i well 
I would argue five. I, I think that last the 2018 season where they made the playoffs still and they started six and two. Like if he, he didn't get hurt that season, for a quarterback, he was an MVP player that year. You could argue that Brady's prime was like 12 years, and like Cam's was what? Well, like he, of course. Back. Well, friend, you're comparing Tom Brady, the longest prime ever, to Cam Newton, who probably had the shortest prime ever, perhaps because he was a running quarterback. But with, doesn't yeah. change the fact that he was electric. Yeah, but he's it's not like people just. Anymore. Like he's, he's, is, a, he's probably a Hall of Famer, right? I mean, I don't know. Maybe is he? I think kind right, like MVP Cam player. We well, won an MVP, right? So he's got to be in that conversation. He's put like maybe, but he doesn't like, really have like it's tough longevity. He hasn't really won anything. You know, you're right. Maybe he's not, but I, I think nonetheless, an incredible career for Cam. I mean, the problem with Cam is though, he's now is his arm is shot. He's had shoulder surgery what three times. His arm is shot. His running ability isn't as good anymore because he bulked up. He's not as fast. He's just not the same player anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, of, of course. But so would you rather would you rather have Matt Ryan in the Hall of Fame than him? That's a good question. I think Matt Ryan yes. maybe Matt speaks Ryan, it out. Matt Ryan's been playing at a higher level for longer. Yeah. And he has mm-hmm. he's just compiled more stats. A lot he, more four thousand yard consistent year. winner. All right. Well, then I mean, if we're doing passing yards only, we could just add rushing yards to it too. That's no, fine. for sure. But Matt Ryan's prime was probably like what eight years. Like well, his like prime was also pretty. I mean, his prime was Kyle Shanahan that one season where he played well, yeah. like an above average quarterback and played like a, a league MVP. He didn't even win an MVP that year. Brady still won it. So no, no, he Matt won Ryan MVP. Won no, he was an MVP. He he literally has a league MVP. He won. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess he's on the same level. He 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 would definitely. And go it's win. funny too because the NBA MVPs like it. It just hard to believe that Matt Ryan, like Matt Ryan won an MVP. I mean, like, like Jokic is going to be an MVP. Well, look, I get that. But Nicole Jokic has played, like, I think over these past couple of seasons, there's always been a debate between him and Embiid. And whether you want to go Embiid or Jokic, that's totally fine. The argument for Embiid, or Jokic has obviously been his health. He's been healthy. Um, and Embiid hasn't. I think Embiid, most basketball fans would agree, Embiid was better when he's healthy. I mean, I think that's no denying that. I mean, Embiid did get hurt for those two weeks this year. He was the MVP. There was no doubt. Yeah, no, no question. They were not. Yeah. So, but Jokic, I mean, I can't like Matt Ryan. What is he? We kind of rank him at like the ten to twelve range. If he was, yeah, healthy, but the year he won MVP, like, he played like the best quarterback in football. I mean, well, he threw forty touchdowns. No, whatever. Well, Jokic is doing. Is, is Jokic not doing the same thing? Well, that's what I'm saying. But like, it'll be viewed in the same way. Like he played well, but like we'll look back in a few years and be like, what? What was that guy doing winning an MVP? You know what? I actually don't even disagree with that. I think that's yeah. that's pretty valid, actually. I mean, that's it. it is what it is. I mean, for the NBA, who would be like your front runner next year? Like what? Like Luca maybe, or like AD? Luca was my front runner this year, actually. So like, I look that, back at my preseason like, predictions. I Luca. We'll look back and it will be like, is Jokic really probably going to win an MVP again? Probably not, because I think guys like Tatum, Luca, Zion, like those guys are going to be winning MVPs now. It's not really going to be a center. Yeah. This year was just an odd year. I mean, you look back at like the 2017 MVP race. There was five legitimate guys that could have won it. This year, there's really only two. Well, nobody played. LeBron missed half the season. Exactly. Durant and Harden missed half the season. Like those are your MVP like, candidates, right? Kawhi there. load managed. He played 50 games. Like your typical guys who would be top of the race didn't really play. Well, mm-hmm. I, I feel bad for Embiid because he was his year, man. I mean, he had everything going for him. He was the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. Um, he averaged 30 points per game. I mean, he was a beast, and it was his to win before he got hurt, and that's unfortunate. I really do feel. I mean, that's tough, man, because he he was the MVP. He was gonna win it. No, it no debate. All right, let's uh, let's jump over to the NBA playoffs now. Oh, grass here. Let's go. We're gonna we're gonna be reacting to Game One, and you know, not always, but usually you can get a pretty good idea of how the series is gonna go based on Game One. 
I think like about 80% of the time, the home team wins game one, they win the series. So, you know, it's pretty decisive, but it's not a hundred percent. So we're going to start off with uh, one of our most debated series bucks heat. Um, you know, the notable yeah, gets a first laugh. J- Jimmy buckets did not show up. He shot four of 22 with six turnovers. He was just abysmal. He had him and bam out of bio were negative factors offensively the entire game. Bam, does, um, bam is, doesn't know what to do on offense. Yeah. And then yeah. Giannis, his free throws, man, he had the 10 second violation, which I, I even said that was coming. I mean, he dribbles six times before Fine. he shoots. I told Ben that. You know what though? No, you know, so Frank, I want to talk about this real quick. So, you know, he does it though, right? Giannis, he deserved that. But Jeff Van Gundy brought up a great point about LeBron. He does the same thing. LeBron does the same. You watch LeBron. He goes over 10 seconds too. The fact that Giannis had called for a LeBron didn't. Well, the heat, the I heat, thought that was a bit unfair. Karan well, Butler was counting on the sideline. Yeah. And they said that's why it was called. You know what? Well, maybe it. maybe people will still have to count for LeBron because LeBron yeah. takes a 12 seconds to shoot. You know what the throw. common trend is though? Giannis is a bad free throw shooter and so is LeBron. Watch Steph Curry shoot a free throw. He doesn't even dribble. He just gets the ball. He chucks at the rim and it goes in. You can't think about it. They think about it too long. I mean, yeah. He's in there. He's this like, is a great analysis. <laughs> he's breathing in and out. He's dribbling the basketball. He's thinking too much. And then he misses all the free throws. Like just shoot it. I, I cannot Who can't shoot Ben Simmons? I Dude, he shot like 0-6 from the line yeah, yeah, in the versus uh, Wizards. Over 6 I mean, He can't make a free throw to save his life. I, I, I'm kind of worried about this Miami team, though, because I am – Bam Adebayo just, to me, looks lost on the offensive end of the basket. I said this the whole year. You guys were overrating the Heat. You guys think Adebayo is like the best center in history. All right, well – you, you guys well, were saying Ariza and Iguodala were actual role players. They're like 40 years old each. They didn't do anything. Ariza was fine. He had a couple – he hit a couple of shots, too. And he was going. Right, get- Gaff, Gaff, I admit you won. I mean, Gaff, you get the first laugh. <laughs> All I gotta say is that Gaff, you better not say something right now that's gonna make you sound really dumb in, in a couple of days. It's I'm all not. Gonna, don't I'm overreact. Not. Don't overreact. It's- Milwaukee's not shooting sixteen percent from three again. That's all I'm. And saying. you're right. Butler and Bam no, no, are but- ten points. Like, well, but yeah, like okay, that. So, yeah. Butler's gonna play better, but like Bam is just limited offensively, and they they, def- they, they showed that yesterday. Uh, Jimmy Butler will play better. There's no denying that. Yeah, but that, Bam the, had the, a bio, the like, thing that worries me is though that Brooke Lopez, you could see the whole game was sagging off Bam. He can mm-hmm. play a lot, and basically, then anyone who goes at the rim has two guys on them because they just sag off Bam because he. Oh, can't- that's what I'm saying. Like the, the Bam had a bio thing won't change. Jimmy Butler will. Guys, play I, I I think we're overreacting a bit though. Like. You guys, so Frank said, you know, Jimmy's not going to play as bad again. No question. And Graf said, you know, the Bucks are not going to shoot as bad. No question. I mean, we knew coming into this series, it would be a long, hard-fought series. Like, the first game, I mean, this was like a 90s basketball game. I mean, both teams were playing incredibly hard, um, a lot of beef. And I just feel like, guys, this is going to be a long series. There, it's going to be back and forth. And I just think this game was it, – it's it, it lays a blueprint out for what it will be like the rest of the series. I'm not mm-hmm. overreacting to anything. Jimmy will have a better game. The Bucks will shoot better too, though. So it will be another close game in game two, I, I expect, tonight. And we'll see who wins. Yeah, I mean, I think this series and the Knicks-Hawks series are the two series that, like, showed me, like, these these are going to go seven games. These were the closest series. Um, this is this is a fun series because Drew mm-hmm. Holiday did make a difference in this one, um, especially on the defensive end on, on – um, uh, I especially at the end though with the steal, but mm-hmm. um, you know, holiday you know, was great. in in yeah. Goran Dragic, like I said about the um being an X factor for the Heat in this playoffs, he was uh, huge for them. Twenty five points mm-hmm. um in game one. It should be fun though, Graf. I admit, you know, I still have the Heat in seven. That's my my pick was Heat or Heat in six. My bad, but I, I'll push it to Heat in seven. They're, they're I, I think it goes. Seven. I, I think it goes seven. 
they're just going to need to figure out something with Adebayo because they can't have like either Lopez or Portis just standing in the paint because like yeah, then Jimmy Butler's never get, Jimmy Butler's a slasher. He's never going to get like easy shots. You and know? then you'd see Bam catch sometimes, and he would like look to pass out, and then he'd he'd be like, "Oh, there's no one guarding me," and he was so hesitant to shoot the basketball. Like, bro, just lay it off the backboard. You're six feet away, and your arms go up to the fucking roof. Like, come yeah. on, he was overcomplicating it at times too. I mean, he was just mm-hmm. awful. I believe game two is tonight, right? Yeah, so that'll it is tonight. Tonight, yes. I mean, if Miami falls down 0-2, they're pretty much done. Yeah, I can't be- say for certain they're done, but. All right, well, look at who fell down 0-2 um, versus uh, the Claw two years ago. Giannis got a 2-0. Oh, I yeah. don't think it's over tonight if, if they win. And American <laughs> Airlines Arena is packed. It's full capacity for American Airlines Arena in game three and four. So that, that key crowd's going to be rocking. But the odds are just stacked against you at that point if you're down 0-2. But you can win. The, it's a game three and game four that will be very winnable games for Miami because it's at home um, in a fully packed house. I don't think Miami loses like either of those games. I mean, prop, maybe one if they win. I don't know. It's going to be – dude, I think this series doesn't go like five games. Like if they if the Bucks win tonight, the Heat are just done. And they're like the Heat, dude, Pat Riley, that mentality that they have, they're not – don't count them out after two games. I, I just, just please don't, and you'll, you'll oh, see. Man. You guys are already bracing for your excuses when they go down 0-2. Oh my God! Oh, see, no. this is perfect. No, this is perfect because you're overreacting after one game. And tonight, what happens if Miami wins, Graf? Then it's one one. Then Miami's then back in as, as a favorite. So it's like, come on, Graf. Like it's like come, Miami. They, they are back to favorites because then they. Milwaukee go did what they were supposed to do: win game one on their home court. Yes, yes, but everybody counted them out, man. And let me tell you something: like if Giannis can just like <laughs> God, set himself together, and he missed so many layups again, he was missing free throws. Graf, you sound like Trey Young right now. Who like after one game, he's like, oh, wait, we already won the championship. If if Giannis can just like get his act together in crunch time like a little bit like these games wouldn't even be close but like he's just so yeah. bad down the stretch. Head, though you could just tell he's just. Dude, all right, you know what I really want to do though is move on to this next 100%. series. All right, yeah, we'll talk about the Mavericks and Clippers. The he's Mavs win one thirteen one hundred three over the Clippers. Luka Doncic had a triple double and was by far the best player on the basketball court. Porzingis had mm-hmm. a weak game like usual. The Mavericks defensive rating is actually one of the worst in the NBA when Porzingis is on the court. They are really a lot worse with him. And the Clippers struggled defensively as well. It's just like overall, I, I expected more from the star players. Uh, Kawhi is usually a guy in the playoffs averaging about 30 points per game and a guy that takes over. We need to see more for him on the offensive end. And I actually saw our buddy Joel Moran on TikTok make a video saying that Kawhi is not a top five player because of his inability to pass out on the offensive end and be a primary ball hander, but not just that, a primary playmaker as well. And he, don't, he doesn't think Kawhi could do that. And I kind of agreed. And it kind of sucks that these that the Clippers have to rely so heavily on a guy like Rajon Rondo, who's almost 35 years old now, to be the primary playmaker for this basketball team. It's just not going to work. Yeah. yeah. Well, we watched this game together, uh, the Clippers-Mavericks game. And what do we say all, all night long, Frank? It's that the Clippers offensively had no fluidity. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, all Kawhi, it's, it's taking turns of Kawhi ISO, PG ISO. I mean, dude, you're not going to be able to score. You're making it easy on the Mavs defense. They only have to guard one guy. There's no one else who has to guard. It's You have to make every guy on the Dallas uh, defense play defense. And the thing by is, moving the ball, the Mavs have some good individual defenders. Like Richardson and Finney Smith are not no slouches on the defensive end. They could take on those guys one-on-one. They'll get stopped sometimes. Like, and you So saw- that's why you have to just make it hard on them by having all five guys for Dallas have to be involved. And you have to get more offensive rebounds. I thought Dallas did a fantastic job of actually, you know, protecting the offensive or defensive glass, excuse me. And that was a big tone setter in this game. Obviously, Luka Doncic is fantastic. I mean, we know him. 
and I'm actually making a video today. I think Luka Doncic is the best player in this series um, or will be the best player in this series because what I saw from him, the ability to not just score the basketball, but what he does at half court, he is double teamed right away, guys. And he his passes out of the double team were just fantastic yesterday or Saturday. And what he did, open up shots for THJ, Dorian Finney-Smith. I mean, Dorian Finney-Smith had five three-pointers made. I mean, he made five threes. Finney-Smith I mean, had a great game. Finney-Smith had a fantastic game. THJ had a fantastic game. And yeah, I know Harley. KP wasn't playing good, but when you get the production from those guys on offense and defense and the you know, lack of ball movement from LA, the, the ball movement of the Mavericks, when I, this series is, is trouble for Clippers. I think Dallas will win this series. I mean, it's just like, it's the same thing we were talking about the other day with the blitz, right? They blitz you and it's basically a four on three and the guy just has to, the guys have to hit the shots. The Mavericks were hitting the shots and it's as simple as that. And if the Clippers don't change the way that they're going to play offensively, they will not win this series. There's just no way you can't win. Are, are easily the most disappointing performance of the weekend. Like they just haven't changed from last year's playoffs. They haven't changed their identity. And I've been saying this the whole year. And for whatever reason, Ty Lu just doesn't want to acknowledge this. They love playing Nick Batum. They love playing Reggie Jackson. They love playing Marcus Morris. When they have Kennard and Man on the bench who always come in, always give them minutes, always get them buckets. They always move the ball around. They give them great defense. But they're so stuck on Reggie Jackson and Nick Batum. And these guys come in, they look like slugs out there. They don't play defense. They don't move the ball. <laughs> they don't bring any energy whatsoever. Like, it's like, I don't care. And like... I mean, and Paul George, he hit a few buckets. His shooting percentage wasn't awful, but he wasn't consistent. Kawhi Leonard, you know, he wasn't the superstar. He needed His stats be. were so misleading, though, Paul George. And, and I he, thought the way he played the game, I mean, he doesn't, he is, he is not a willing passer. I mean, he yeah. comes in the game and does this pandemic P little crossover. I mean, side of the backboard. I mean, and I hate the excuses for Paul George. It's like, oh, he shot 44%. Isn't that bad? I don't care. I mean, I simply don't care. He shot 25% from three and the shots he takes are just dumb. He is mm-hmm. a talented scorer and Paul George, I mean, he should just be taking better shots, passing more and playing more team basketball. He takes these dumb fadeaways. I mean, that he can't simply hit on and a consistent he, basis. What, two of five in the fourth quarter and he turned the basketball over. So he like, didn't have an, I mean, he didn't have a good game overall. He had that one good third quarter, but that's it. He had the good third quarter and the, and the awful first half, the awful fourth quarter. I mean, he had one good quarter. Congrats. Yeah. I just can't stress enough how disappointed I am in the Clippers rotation too. Like I would rather see Boogie out there over Zubac. I think Zubac is just awful. Um, actually Zubats. Zubats, <laughs> remember Mike, Zubats. I just feel like I'm watching Doc Rivers again like this 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 Ty Lue guy has no idea how to manage the rotation oh, like all the wrong players I mean they had no ball movement yesterday they had no energy they looked lazy in the fourth quarter and they got their asses beat by one guy I mean how do you have two of like the three best wing defenders in the NBA and you can't stay exactly in and none of them are on Luka and it's the yeah. account it, it's the accountability that needs to be taken account uh for the Clippers star players I'm so sick and tired of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. They get the free pass so many times. You are supposedly the best wing defenders and some of the best two-way players in the NBA, and you don't want to take the defensive responsibility to guard Luka Doncic. Sorry, sit the fuck down then if you're not going to do that. That is embarrassing. That is embarrassing, and there's no adjustments made. There was no adjustments made by no. Tyler. Well, I, I think it's on the coaching staff, though, because remember, in Toronto, Kawhi guarded Giannis in the plus, so Nick Nurse must have, you know, got on him about it, or Kawhi must have took the responsibility himself. It just feels like in L.A., I mean, Tyron Luther has to get on Kawhi and be like, you know what, guard Luka for me. Well, I actually because- did see something on my phone on Twitter the other day that's saying Kawhi is going to guard Luka for more minutes. But it doesn't matter because if you're going to blitz Luka on the double team, you're just going to leave somebody open again. And if these maps guys make To Kawhi, and, 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 this is why I say all the time. Defend, defending is so overrated if you're not going to guard the best team's player single-handedly on an isolation. If you're a top-five defender 
you should be able to technically guard a top five score. And I, I know that defense, that's why defense sucks because you can't. Those guys cannot guard. The offenses, their guys are just too talented now. Yeah. They're too offense. talented. It doesn't matter. Offense always beats good defense, usually. And, well, nowadays, especially. Like the Mavs players aren't going to shoot as well as they did again, obviously, but like they got to keep Luka in check. He was just getting whatever he wanted every single play. Well, it's, God, they like, got open shots, though. And you know what? Like you said, the Clippers are lazy, though. There was a lot of times where Luka would get the basketball back and they would switch on. I remember one time they switched Zubats onto Luka. Like, what do you think's going to happen? He's just you know, the young, off. hungry guys off the bench who bring in energy. They have like these, like these vets, like Nick Batum. What is he going to do? He was guarding Luka. He's so washed. He's so washed. You're turning to Nick Batum in the playoffs to play 25 minutes and help your team win. You're, you're like a Reggie Jackson. You're not going to win. And I try not to overreact after game once, but this is the game I'm going to overreact to the most. I think the Clippers are done. I mean, this was I'm sorry, No, I agree. The, the Mavs are beating them in 16. This is the year they were going to make it out of the West. We'll hit on the Lakers. <laughs> oh, pandemic P, take the L. Take we'll the hit L, on the Lakers in a little bit, but they don't look great. But this was the Clippers' year to make it out of the West, and they're not going to because they gave up at the end of the regular season for no reason. They played a, te- they te- they played a much better team than they needed to play. They could have easily been playing Portland in the first Book round. Graph. They're disgraceful. And my respect for their superstars has gone down. And I actually said in the podcast before the playoffs that Luka was a top five player and Kawhi was not. Kawhi was not. Well, I'm and changing my view completely. You prove me wrong. You prove me wrong, Frank. And this series will show that 100% because after the first game, it looked like Kawhi wasn't even a top 10 player. He wanted well, no, listen. no accountability. They take no accountability to guard the best player in their basketball. One more team. note to end this off. My mistake for prolonging this. But, you know, they sit at regular season games. Exactly. They make an excuse. Oh, I don't want to play the regular season games. And then they don't, even, they don't even play the playoff games either. They don't play the playoffs. They don't play – like, what games are you even playing at this point if you're not going to show up in the regular season or playoffs? The, they tanked the last three games of the regular season to dodge the Lakers. But, like, they like you got the four seed instead of, like, the three or two seed. You could have played a much worse team in the first round. Por- they would have beat Portland. They would have beat Portland so yeah, easily. Yeah, a much better matchup versus Portland for sure. But Yeah. So, moving on, we got Brooklyn. And I thought that the Nets – Big three. I thought they had a fantastic second half, not the first half. The first half, they were obviously very sluggish. It seemed, I think Katie said the game wasn't, you know, slowing down for them. He thought the crowd and, you know, just them being together for the first time was in adjustment to say the least. So Katie thought they just got the, you know, the jitters jitters out of the way. And he thinks that, you know, moving forward, this should be a pretty easy ride for Brooklyn. And and I have to agree. I mean, I thought the way Brooklyn played in that second half, watching those guys play. James Harden, Kyrie, KD. It, it reminds me of the Warriors in 2018, 2017. I mean, just the way they play, the ability to go on a run like that at the end of the game where they mm-hmm. went on a 17-3 run, just in a snap of a finger, yeah, guys. They can, they can I score mean, this team is special. And in, in the third quarter, they scored – the three of them scored 28 of their 31 points. Overall, I think they scored 82 points out of the one oh, – Yep, the 82 out of 104. Mm-hmm. And, listen, and they didn't even have really good nights. Durant really didn't really turn it on until the third quarter. Durant shot 40%, which is just very uncharacteristic for him. For him. Mm-hmm. But he started, he started off like two for 10, though. So it yeah, really was a was, good second half. He was missing shots that he usually hits, like baseline pull-ups, like shots that are just easy for him. They're, yep. they're going to they're gonna wipe the floor with them. It's mm-hmm. like you said, it, it takes, it's going to take them a little time. They're going to come out comfortable game one firing. I wouldn't be surprised if they win by 15, 20-plus points. Well, look, mm-hmm. I, I give Boston, Boston credit because – you know, although this was an uh, adjustment game for Brooklyn, Marcus Smart in the playoffs, I mean, we have to start giving credit to Marcus Smart. This guy, the, the roles he's willing to take on in his career, he's took on the role of being the sixth, seventh option on a team. Remember when they had Gordon Hayward, they had Terry Rozier, they had all these guys. And now he's taking on the second scoring option. This guy does whatever Brad Stevens asks of him. 
And he's the perfect glue guy for any championship team, any, any playoff, any contending team. And I, I really don't have enough to say positively about Marcus Smart, the energy he brought um, to this game in the first half, especially. But you Boston, agree. I mean, they fought, man. And I don't think they're supposed to win a game, but they fall hard. And Marcus mm. Smart gives a lot of effort on the defensive end, too. He'll always take the responsibility to guard James Harden or Kyrie Irving, the best guard on the opposing team. It makes it a lot easier on guys like Kemba Walker. Yeah. And I think the series will be a lot closer with Jalen Brown just because you got to throw a good wing defender at, at Kevin Durant. Well, Kemba also got in foul trouble early on that really kind of yeah. slowed his day down offensively Wait, because he, he got was, in that foul he trouble. He bad fouls, and he just didn't Yeah, he that. was. Everybody kept saying, oh, Kemba Walker's playing the best basketball of his career. He just looked awful yesterday or two oh, days ago. He shot some. Well, I mean, maybe he has a bounce back game. He couldn't make a mid-range jumper. I don't know. But uh, I think I, I like uh, to say Robert Williams was great, and he had a few switches onto, like, Harden and Durant, and, like, he was holding his own, and he had a bunch of blocks down low. Uh, he, just, he just looks great. He's the best yeah, center Rob, on their team. Rob Williams needs more minutes, for mm-hmm. sure. He's just, yeah, he's he, played, um, he played 23 minutes. Tristan Thompson played 25. That's un- mm-hmm. unacceptable. Mm-hmm. He used to play more minutes than Tristan Thompson. He should be in the starting lineup. But, mm-hmm. I mean, it's another conversation. But, yeah, definitely. All right, let's move on. Blazers, Nuggets. The Blazers, they kind of caught me off guard in yes, this one. They sir. won by 14. I think this was the biggest margin of victory the whole weekend. Um, I believe so. Yep. Yeah, the Nuggets, the Nuggets just didn't look great. Jokic and MPJ were kind of their whole team. And Jokic only had one assist, very uncharacteristic. Um, the Blazers were red hot. Melo in the first half came off the bench and hit a bunch of threes. That was exciting. Yep. Um, and the Nuggets, they rarely double teamed uh, Lillard. They didn't really slow him down. They just, they just didn't look great. There was no way the around. The guards are just so bad. They're just, I'm, they're just so bad. They're so fucking bad. Like, no, but I, I think this goes on Mike Malone. And, and you know what? Jokic getting switched on and pick and roll too is one of the worst things I've ever seen while watching a basketball game. He is so fucking bad on the defensive end. He's like, he's like his feet are stuck in uh, like cement. Uh, it's just horrible <laughs> to watch. And like Campazzo can't play defense. Just because you run around and you act scrappy, that doesn't mean you can guard Damian Lillard. <laughs> That's like Borks at, he borks at Damian Lillard. Monty, Mo- uh, awesome. Monty Morris. I mean, he's a, he's a better, he's a better defensive player than, and Composo. I mean, like Composo. Composo. <laughs> no Composo. He's so bad. And he's got better size. I mean, Composo's small too. He's just. You know what? I'm actually kind of worried about the Nuggets after this one. To be honest with you, I I, I think that the this is going to go for seven games. I picked the Nuggets in seven, but I could e- easily see it going either way. Yeah, I think. Well, I think Portland getting this win was was crucial. I mean, I think you heard Dame say it. You know, they needed one or one of these wins, game one or game two. And I'm not going to overreact. Obviously, it's just one game. But Portland did look like the better team in this one. And I think, you know, just not having Jamal Murray. And this is why I picked Portland. Because, you know, Jamal Murray was essential in their playoff run last year for them. He was the guy that got him over. He had 50-point games versus the Jazz in that series. He had massive games versus the Clippers in that series. And not having a scorer on the perimeter like him, it really hurts Denver. You can really see. I mean, MPJ and Jokic were the only guys who showed up. And the playoffs in the NBA are just like March Madness. You're, you need to win with guard play and wing play. You cannot have no guard play in the playoffs and win basketball games. Because like you said – And that's why I think there's – There's certain Composo and Austin Rivers. Those are, those are, yeah. that's, that that's has to be one of the worst starting backcourts. Right. That is the worst starting backcourt, Composo oh. and Rivers. But, look, I, I think Portland – I mean, obviously they shot fantastic from three. They shot 48% from three. So you're not going to get another light, night like that probably again. But – I just think overall, if Damian Lillard gets to play at that again, and I know he didn't shoot too well, 
But if you watch the game, I mean, he had 13 assists. He was dishing all night long. I mean, yeah, well, we're they were just him. like, they were letting you get by 34 points. I mean, they did really nothing on the defensive end to stop him at all. No, horrible. Because what can they do? Who do they throw at him? They don't have good defenders. They don't have good individual defenders. They don't have a good team defense. They, I mean, then, like I said, you get, you get Jokic in the pick and roll and he's stuck in cement. Like, mm-hmm. it's just and too- even if you don't get Jokic in the pick and roll, who's on him? Like Austin Rivers? That's like, not like it. A- he's so undersized. He can't defend. He's, he, they, they nah, have- shout out to Austin Rivers, though, man. He called the Knicks success before. I, I love Austin Rivers, man. I love him. He's a good guy. All right, let's talk about now the Eastern Conference game that started off Sunday. 76ers, the one seed against the eight seed Wizards. Final score, 125-118. Seemed to go back and forth the whole game. Embiid had some early foul trouble. Also, I want to point this out. Ben Simmons is one of the worst players in basketball on the offensive end. He hurts the Clippers. Oh, no, the, the Sixers so, Sixers much, on so the much on the offensive end of the basketball court. It's insane. He hurts Embiid's efficiency. He clogs up the paint for him, and he can't. he's so useless. Even around the basket, he can't do anything. He's horrible. Westbrook also had an awful fourth quarter. Two crucial turnovers. The one play at the end of the game where his foot stepped out of bounds, horrible. Well, and why didn't he just pass the ball to the teammate, though? Like, people are debating whether or not he was out of bounds. Like, just give the ball to your teammate. He bricked, he bricked. They would have lost either way, though, bro. They would have lost either way. I mean, probably, but that corner that three. That completely bricked it. Completely bricked the corner to three. Tobias well, Harris, look. 37. And listen, I don't, I, I don't think you're going to get that good of a game from Tobias Harris again, so that kind of concerns me about the 76ers. No, but, but look, Jokic at the same time won't be in foul trouble every game, so he'll he'll be there. Yeah, like, or, yeah, Embiid, I mean, yeah, he'll be there to, like, you know, make things easier in the first half because he really didn't get it going until the second half. Yeah. Know? Listen, though, I mean, this series we knew coming in. I mean, Russell Westbrook, we know his history in the playoffs. Obviously not too great. But Ben Simmons, man, we, we had some about Ben Simmons. This guy shot 0 of 6 from the free throw line. And I'm telling you right now, if he continues to play like this in series versus the Nets or even the Hawks maybe or, like, the Knicks, they're not winning. Now, no, I think the Hawks could – I think that the Hawks beat the Knicks in, the, in that series. I could easily see Atlanta beat, beating Philadelphia. I could easily see that. Oh, for sure. Because Ben Simmons, I mean, you just got to do better. I mean, I, I feel like teams should just start hacking Ben Simmons. I mean, he, he – They were talking about that the Wizards did that in the regular season against the Sixers, and it worked. Hack I mean, of Simmons. I mean, he's terrible from the line. He gets nervous. He shakes his – It's the same thing with Giannis. If they think too much, like – I don't the train. At least Giannis makes half of his free throws. Ben Simmons doesn't make any. He literally yeah, he, Ben Simmons is like it's a walking brick. Like he, you're better off just you're better off just like it's he literally gives you a stop every time you foul him. It's a stop. It's like it's yeah, a stop I mean, on defense. Off the top of my head, four of those six free throws he missed were like at the end of the game too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said though too, he hurts Embiid on the offensive end. It's another guy that's guarding Ben Simmons that's sagging around the paint. It's similar to what happened to Bam Adebayo on the Heat. It's just another guy that's going to clog up the paint. But Philly got fantastic yeah. bench production, though. Like Seth yeah. Curry, Seth fit, Curry, 15 points. Yeah. Tobias, 37. Like I, said, I don't think Green, 11. get that. And a lot of the times, I talked about this last year during the playoffs, a lot of the times when, you, when you're home, your role players perform well. It, it happened to the Knicks as well. A lot of, they had a lot of good bench production. A lot of times when you're home, your role players play well. They're, they're more comfortable. They're, they settle in. I don't think the 76ers are going to get games like that from those guys on the road all the time during this playoff series. And Tobias Harris is not going to score 40 points again. Dude, they'll get by Washington, but they're not getting past. Like, they're they're not, they might not get past uh, Atlanta or New York, honestly. 
they're going to struggle in the second round for sure. They'll get past Washington though. I mean, and if they don't, if they do somehow get past Atlanta or New York, then they'll lose well, to Brooklyn. Washington just shoots themselves in the foot too much though. They really do. Uh, it's not a good basketball team. It's yeah. as simple as that. They're not. They're I mean, not, they start. They start Neto guys and Alex yeah. Len. I mean, yeah. those. Are, I mean, that's just brutal. And Bertans, you, I think they should start Bertans over. Um, you need three threes. Len. When I saw him, when I saw him, uh, Bertans that- shot four four away from three. He was solid all night long. And Gafford's fantastic. Gafford was a plus fourteen yeah. in the box score. Gafford, this is Gafford. all you need to know, though. Look at the plus minuses. Minus sixteen for Alex Len, and then for Bertans plus nine and for Gafford plus fourteen. I mean, the starting lineup Gafford is he was getting in a lot of foul trouble. Um, he picked up like three quick fouls, if I remember correctly. Who? Len Gafford, right? Oh, Gafford. Yeah, I mean, he finished the game with five. Like, you know, he he gives you mm-hmm. good energy, good defense. He's a, he's a much better finisher around the rim, but like. I mean, that's the issue, especially when you play the Sixers. It's like all your bigs are going to get in foul trouble. Oh, yeah, because you can't stop and beat. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, for sure. All right, let's move on. Suns-Lakers, this is one of the more popular series to talk about. Um, the main storyline here is the CP3 shoulder injury. He came back into the game, but he just looked awful. He was uh, – the announcers were saying, like, you never see Chris Paul lose his handle on the ball, but he lost it multiple times yesterday. Like, he just wasn't handling the ball well. He couldn't, he couldn't shoot really effectively. He, he wasn't doing much of anything. He kind of, you know, relegated himself to like a role player type of role. Devin Booker took over. Aiton was fantastic offensively and defensively. And, you know, the role player stepped up. Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, like they scored a few points here and there. Um, and, I mean, for the Lakers, the story is Anthony Davis. I don't think he got the memo that it was playoff time because I mean, he was just awful. He was not he was, he was terrible. What a waste of a top five talent in the NBA Anthony Davis is. This year he was disgustingly What bad. a waste? He's I a mean, waste you can't, top five talent. Yeah, but like a waste is like you're not like working hard enough. It's, a, a waste is like a bust, I feel like, though. It's like you're I not mean, working hard enough to fulfill your potential. Had offensive though. rebounds than Anthony Davis had total rebounds. Does that not tell you the story? Well, Frank, I do. Uh, Frank, but like w- w- your, your choice of words is really questionable sometimes. Like, I mean, a waste of talent's like a bust pretty much. And it's like a I'm waste, not, like you're not working hard enough. to like, not actually play your I don't think he was working hard enough. He got out, re- he got outclassed on the off. DeAndre Ayton had more offensive rebounds and he, Anthony Davis had total rebounds. Well, cause I think, I mean, you have to give credit to DeAndre Ayton. I feel like people always sure, do this. It's like, go at Anthony Davis. He's no, but to- hold on though. Hold on. I think people always want to blame. It's always like, you know, well, let's blame Anthony Davis. DeAndre Ayton, outmanned Anthony Davis because he's a big guy. I mean, he, he yeah. was a number one pick for a reason, guys. He's fucking huge. He's fucking massive. And he did what he's supposed to do as a number one pick. Give DeAndre in a ton of credit. Well, I think Anthony Davis... Awful on the offensive end. He, of the- was, he was bad. And he has these well, bad shooting nights defense, where he doesn't... The Suns, I mean, the Lakers scored 90 points. Some of that has to be, like give credit to the... But this is where I think about the series. Chris Paul's not healthy. And that's why I think the Lakers will win. Yeah. I think this game actually helps the Lakers because the Lakers just won because of Chris Paul's injury. The shoulder injury is worse than it than they made it out to be. The guy can't shoot the basketball. Well, I mean, you that. saw it live. He, he was losing his handle. On he the had ball. seven points and four boards in 30 yeah. minutes. Guys. He, he couldn't the play. Thing. They were talking about this during the game as well. Now with Chris Paul's soldier injury, they're going to they're gonna send double teams at Booker. Booker's going to have to show that he could pass out of double teams. He's going to have to get by double team scoring. It's He's not going to – listen, I love Devin Booker, but I don't think he's going to be able to – Play, to be able to uh, win that way. I think that the Lakers will turn the series around. I can see the Lakers winning in five games. And you see Vegas reacting to the injury. So Vegas reacting to the injury. So Chris Paul, um, obviously they were, Phoenix was minus two in game one uh, for that game. And now the Lakers are actually two and a half point favorites mm-hmm. um, in game two. And the series odds for the Lakers have actually gotten better after a game one loss just mm-hmm. because of the Chris Paul injury. So 
I think Vegas thing, I mean, they think it's pretty bad. And I think it's pretty bad too. I, I think that the Suns really don't recover from this. I think they lose. I'm like to be completely games. honest. I, I I was saying, even if Chris Paul didn't get injured, I would still say Lakers in five. I mean, we saw this last year with the Blazers. You know, like Damian Lillard had a monster game one. Everybody's like, oh my God, the Blazers are going to do it. They're going to beat the Lakers. The Rockets, like, Russ did like a little baby celebration after the game. Yeah, one, when they lost the four Rockets, one game one. I mean, like, I, I'm like the last guy on earth that's going to sit here and defend LeBron James. Like, they always lose these game ones and like they always just bounce back. And yeah, so LeBron is three and six in the last nine game ones. He's won mm-hmm. four of the last five game and ones that he's lost. Like, yeah, so five of those losses are the five last, the last five series where he's lost game one. The four, it, that means one. It's a couple that, pretty simple adjustments. They lost by nine points. It's a couple of pretty simple adjustments for them. Double team Devin Booker and Anthony Davis just make a couple of shots and you win this basketball game. It's as simple as that. It really is as simple as that. They didn't they didn't really get outplayed by as much as we thought they did. Yeah. Yeah, they had Anthony a tough Davis, go. He, Anthony Davis just needs to play hungrier. There was an interview that I saw, like right before the playoffs, Anthony Davis said, like, I have nothing left to prove to anybody. And like that to me just makes it sound like he doesn't really want it that badly like he did last year. Um so mm-hmm. he's just gonna have to play like he wants it. He's just gonna. Have that's to not too good game. though. I don't like that interview. That that sounds questionable. But yeah, he's just gonna have to play harder. That's all. Like he wasn't like him. He wasn't himself yesterday. He was not great yesterday. Yeah. So time for my New York Knicks now. Obviously, we lost one hundred seven, one hundred five to the Hawks yesterday. The Garden was rocking. I mean, the the Garden. I think that was the best atmosphere by far in Game One yesterday. I mean, that building was ready to explode. Um, unfortunately, the team didn't come with that same energy. And, you know, I know Frank has some thoughts on Julius Randle, but I thought Julius came out a little too excited for game one. I thought he came out too aggressive, not letting the game come to him. Uh, even Chuck said it, you know, he was taking too many just jittery shots where he would just, he, he wanted to shoot early in the shot clock and not let the game to come to him. And then I think in the second half, as a result of that opening half, I mean, then he played scared and didn't want to shoot the ball in the second half. So, Overall, Randall never got the really the, the feel of the playoffs. He get the rhythm. Um, he never got it. He never got himself. He never rhythm. got in rhythm at all. So, I think for Julius, this is not really. I mean, it's concerning game, but I think hopefully he'll bounce back in game oh. two. And then, as for the rest of the Knicks, obviously, you know, we got Alec Burks. Have a huge production from Alec Burks. He had twenty-seven points, nine of thirteen from the field. But then, I mean, the real story was Trey Young. Trey Young absolutely dominated this game, and he leads the league in box creation for a reason. I mean, this guy. It's an offensive juggernaut. Listen, I am so tired of seeing people have him below Jalen Brown on the list. Trey Young is a superstar, guys. Like that, I agree heads. with. I think I think Jalen Brown has actually become overrated, and in a this way, Trey Young has become underrated. Where where is where is the accountability for the officials? He shot zero free throws in the first half, and in the fourth quarter, he shoots nine free throws. Come on, dude. Like, let's be realistic here. And I'm not worried about the Knicks at all. Our best player shot six of twenty three, and Trey Young played the game of his life, and we lost by two points. I'm not worried well, at all. You know, so wait, no, I agree. So, about the foul shot, though. A lot of people. I hate the foul shot, too. I'm pissed. The foul shot, I, I'm pissed at that. But I will say, James Harden did that for seven, eight years in Houston. And you oh. love James Harden. It's, he's your favorite player. He's your favorite player. James and he did it for eight years in a row. Oh, he's the oh, best player. Oh, he's, your favorite. Oh, he's so good. And what did right, I he did it for eight years in a row in Houston. What did I say about the Nets and James Harden being the primary ball handler when it comes to the playoffs? And was I right? I was right. <laughs> you were right, but Frank, did, did, did James Harden not do this for eight years in a row in Houston? Yes. He did it yesterday versus Celtics too. And and the the rules need to change in the NBA. If the offensive player I, is getting contact, it should not be a foul Facts. on the player. It should not. Facts. It should not. It's bullshit. It was all night long, and especially in the fourth quarter. It was nonsense. And you know what the thing is too with the Knicks? We didn't lose that game in the last eight minutes of the game. We lost that game in the first the eight first- minutes. Alfred Payton, Alfred Payton, why does he get minutes? We, com- we came out completely flat. And you know what? 
Tibbs, I kind of like what he did. Uh, the bench was rolling in the second half, and he kept him in there for he longer. Kept him in. And I was good. I'm, I'm good with that. And I think we need to see more minutes from a guy like Frank Nielakina. You put him in the last exactly. guard, Trae Young, completely cold off the bench. I think you're better off just rolling with the lineup you had. And we need to see more double teams. If you're going to keep guys like Alec Burks and Derek Rose, who aren't great defenders, on Trey Young, we got to see more double teams. I'd rather have guys shooting wide open threes like Gallinari than Trey Young shooting floaters because he does not miss them like I saw last night. He does not miss floaters, and he had too many easy opportunities to lob the basketball up because our pick-and-roll defense wasn't good enough. It's it was he- terrible. And you know what? The Knicks, too, another thing that we have to do is we need we need to play quickly more. I don't care. Listen, I was not impressed from what I saw with R.J. Barrett last night. The rookie quickly and Toppin played with no fear. That's something that I like to see. In the fourth quarter, Barrett, I don't really think Barrett should have came back into the basketball game, to be honest with you. I think they should have kept rolling with a three-guard rotation at and with Burks quickly. quickly Rose and Burks. And I think that was be- I think without the Knicks would have been better off that way. And I'm fine letting you know Neil Akina not play, but we got to throw more double teams at Trey. We have to make somebody else beat us because in pick and roll, he's gonna pick us apart if we don't put somebody else on him, or we got to switch. The switches are terrible. The big men, we're just not ready. And I'm concerned that Noel's hurt now because if this Pelly guy has to play minutes, it's going to be trouble. Oh, Pelly is so bad. He's awful. He better not play a single minute in the series. Better um, not. Listen, Unless we're done for because he, he'll, he'll, he'll get cooked by Clint Capella. I, I still think I'm going to keep my Knicks pick. I don't know if it's going to be six games now. I'm keeping it. I said Knicks and seven. I'm keeping Knicks and seven. I still believe Knicks and seven, but I think it'll be tough, man. I think I, I knew. I mean, Bogdanovich is a special player. And the thing about Atlanta is that you know, look, we know that the Knicks, you know, in, in the Hawks rosters, they look comparable, but the Hawks have more weapons and they have more offensive weapons than the Knicks. And you saw that yesterday. They just have more offensive weapons than the Knicks. Who was really beating us yesterday besides Bogdanovich? DeAndre Hunter, Bogdanovich. But Frank, DeAndre Hunter was trash. You keep saying Bogdanovich is, is a, a, he's, he plays with no fear though. And I know the stats say that he's like an RJ Barrett type player points per game, but he plays fearless. And RJ, I'm sorry, but he does not do that. The yeah, Hawks I mean, have more weapons. If you came away from that game thinking that the Hawks do not have more offensive weapons who are fearless, then you are absolutely re- crazy, crazy and ridiculous. I completely I mean, disagree, though. I mean, like, Burks and... Everyone, so, so you disagree with the entire planet because basically everyone's takeaway was that, except for yours. I mean, I, I guess you're yeah, just seeing who, a different who game. Who the Hawks beat us besides Bogdanovich and Trey Young? Nobody. Well, DeAndre Lou Hunter. And DeAndre and Lou, and Lou Will had a fantastic game. DeAndre Hunter didn't play good. What game were you watching? DeAndre Hunter had a, couple, had a couple of huge three. And then Lou Will played fantastic. Lou Will scored. the He had that seven-point stretch at the end of the third quarter that just shot the Knicks in the foot. So Clint Capella also had a good game. I mean, right? He killed us in the pick and roll. In the pick with, and with roll. Trey Young. Lob, simple as that. Because John the, Collins had a few of those, too. John Collins had a pretty good game. I mean, and then, you know, obviously Kevin Herter, you know, played decent. Just, Gallo, shot, Gallo shot a lot, but he didn't make a lot of shots. He shot no, a lot. Gallo was horrible last night for them. But the thing is, Frank, I mean – I don't. I mean, I guess. I guess we'll just keep lying to yourself. I mean, I said the Knicks were the, were not deeper than the Hawks, and you think they are, but I guess he. Well, I mean, I have the stats up right here. So John Collins was five for nine, pretty solid. DeAndre Hunter two of six, no. Uh, Clint Capella four of seven. All right, want to go for the Knicks? That we can go for the Knicks. Um, right, we can do I'm the Knicks all day long. Bogdanovich was solid, seven of fifteen. Gallinari was horrible. Kevin Herter was three of seven, and Lou Will was six of nine. So they really only had good, great production from Lou Will and Bogdanovich off the bench, whereas the Knicks had incredible production from Derek Rose off the uh, Derek Rose. And quick, the, it was Rose and Burks. Burks nine of thirteen, quickly. And quickly, a four, four of seven. So you could argue that the Knicks almost had similar production off the bench. It was just that our start. Well, was- off the the start, and I think the Hawks. But I, that's the thing when I mean talking about RJ Barrett. Look, RJ is great, but I, I really think that you know. Him in this kind of role, 
he's not like he can't unleash his potential like you like he's you like you said all year long. And this is not a good role from the playoffs. Like he's not going to showcase all, one of six. all this. He's got one of six from from three as well. He, and he, he he's a glorified a three and D player when he plays like this in, in this role. Too strong, I mean, strong on a lot of his shots. I just I really think that the Knicks though, like Johnny Bryant said, they got a lot of good looks in that opening first eight minutes, and a lot of them just weren't dropping. And I really think that the Knicks will be fine. They lost by two. Points I think the Knicks will win this series, but let's not count the Hawks. I mean. Let's not act like they're just going to shoot thirty five percent from three. The Hawks are no slouch, for sure. And no the, the Hawks didn't have a particular like the Knicks had opportunities to win all all night long. Yeah, the the Hawks kept. This the was a game that the Knicks are not just going to like look. The Knicks will regret losing this game. They'll look back on this game and be like, "Damn, we missed an opportunity in this one. We missed an opportunity to steal game one because they were not the better team." And steal game one, you you win game one, dude. And the Garden crowd, we're not factoring this into us. This this is four games at home. You have to win all your games at home to win this series. Atlanta has 100% capacity. They're full in Atlanta now. They're going to have a tough time winning a game in Atlanta. I promise you that. I, I promise you that. And they're going to have to. And that's why I think this is going to be a tough series. I, your whole picture about Nixon 5 or Nixon, like, it was bullshit. I mean, come I on. Said Nixon 6. Yeah, but you know, but it's right. You said Nixon 6, but then, like, you after, so, like, after you made the prediction, you were like, come on, the Knicks are going to blow them out. Nixon 5. Like, you were sounding so cocky in the first place. I think now, hopefully, you're taken back. We'll see, though. I uh, still think the Knicks got it. I don't think the Hawks are a slouch, but I also don't think that they're going to perform like that again. I mean, they didn't really perform well outside of Trey Young. Trey Young had a great game, but then everyone, oh, everyone else was just solid. Three of three in the fourth quarter and threes. The guy didn't miss. Yeah, but you keep Bogdanovich, I mean, Bogdanovich, this Bogdanovich, that. Like, Bogdanovich is just a good player. Like, just get that yeah, 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 dude. He, I, I, you act like he's just a slouch. I mean, okay, like, so he's going to go three of three in the fourth quarter of every game. Oh, like, no, so, right. ridiculous. He shot four of nine from three, though. Four of nine from three, seven of 15 from the field. That was just a solid game. That was just a normal game from Bogdanovich. That was just a normal game from him. 18 points. That's what he does all. That's what he's been I mean, doing all at, year since David. His last game. five games before the playoffs, he was averaging 25 a game. Like, he's just a good basketball player. You know, like, you can't just count on him to, like, disappear in the playoffs. He's like, he might be their second best player. He is their second best player. And, and actually, a stat right here in in the, since April, he's averaging 22, 22 points per game. Yeah, there you go. He's on he's a hot. And, and then you call me an idiot for calling him Walmart Clay. He's Walmart Clay. Is that not fair? Walmart Clay. It's called Walmart for a reason. What? So like off brand, like Aldi Clay? Yes, <laughs> Walmart Clay. Like Walmart's a good brand. Or no, good- it's not. What? <laughs> Frank, shut up. He's a Walmart Clay Thompson, whatever you want to call him, Target Clay. It's the same thing. He's off-brand Clay. And you think I'm crazy for saying that, but it's just like, I mean, you everyone has a Clay's like this guy, like who averages 30 points per game. He's like all world. I mean, Clay's a great player, but I mean, Bogdanovich knows he's he's good too. Give him his respect. And Trey Young, I mean, we know he's Walmart Curry. He's Walmart Steph. So it's the yeah. Walmart Clay and Steph. People were also trying to say that De'Aaron Fox was better than Trey Young, and I just completely disagree with that as well. I mean, Jesus. Christ. Well, I, I don't. I see. I don't know. See, I think they're. I think Trey Young. I I think he's better than De'Aaron Fox. I, I do think he's better. But De'Aaron Fox, I think he'll do the same thing when he gets his playoff debut in Sacramento. I mean, I just think that people I'll never make and, the playoffs in Sacramento. But Frank, the narr- So the narratives. It's all. And this is a great thing. But the narratives of oh, Trey Young can't win. Oh, Devin Booker can't win. Those are all BS. It's about the so, the situations you're around. And obviously, if you're De'Aaron Fox. What are you supposed to do? Make the playoffs for that fucking horrible roster? Like, yeah. your expectations is you want everyone well, to make the playoffs. Know, right? I, they're, they're not going to make the playoffs anytime soon with that team. They're not going anywhere. And I want to hold Curry accountable in this next game real quick. Because I saw, dude, and this was a great point. Some guy tweeted out, if any other top five player 
would have missed the playoffs, we would have jumped on their cock. But Curry gets a pass for missing the playoffs. I mean, and I get he had a bad roster, but I mean, so did a lot of guys. I mean, to win that he game. gets some pass. He gets he, some pass for missing the playoffs, but everyone else. But dude, if if Lillard had that game, Frank, you would literally scream on his dick. Well, that, that's so, why. That's why we were so saying. mad at him. You can't write off the Grizzlies. We were saying that, but you would be you know, like, "Oh, he's a choker. He's a choker. He's a choker." Like Frank over here was saying, "Warriors by at least twenty. Warriors by at least 20. Ridiculous, though, man. Like the they, double standards are nuts, though. I mean, about Curry and like, and Curry and any other superstar, even Luca. If Luca misses the playoffs, he's called a uh, a Euro scrub. If LeBron missed the playoffs, and he was hurt that year, so don't don't count that year. He was hurt. If LeBron missed the playoffs, oh my god, he fucking sucks. I mean, if, if, LeBron Katie, misses the fi- if LeBron misses the finals, people would say that. I mean, he's made the finals nine in the last 10 years when he's played, so. But that's – but so that's what I'm saying. I think we got to start holding Curry more accountable because it's just like he gets a free pass for missing the playoffs. I mean, Dean's Dame, roster last year at Portland, that wasn't a good roster either. I mean, they made the playoffs, and, and they beat Memphis in the playing game. I mean, the thing I is – I just think we got to start respecting him. He has that second guy. Like, who's the second guy on the Warriors? Wiggins. Well, the well, thing there is, there was no second guy in the Warriors this year, and there was no second scoring option for sure. And and I know Wiggins. I, Wiggins was solid. I mean, they, they, they who averaged fifteen Wiggins. a game too. He's, he's, he's way too terrible. In that roster, sure, you could argue it was worse than Portland, but Portland outside of those two players, you forget Frank. I think Golden State actually probably had more production outside of those two top guys. Like Portland's roster outside of their top two. I mean, they didn't have no Covington last year. They had Carmelo Anthony, who really. Doesn't do much. I mean, he puts up a, like 13 a game, respectively, but obviously the defense really isn't there. Wiggins and outside of Mel, not even a role, like he's just like an average role. Player. I know, but outside of so then outside of Melo, Damon, CJ, I mean, who who do they got? Like they got Ennis Cantor. I mean, Nurkic was really in and out all the lineup all year last year. Who do the Warriors have? They don't have anybody. Well, they have Jordan and they have Jordan Poole, Wiggins, like Ubre. I think like those three guys are pretty solid. Draymond's Draymond. Uber and that's, pretty, that's pretty much it. I mean, it's, it's a pretty bad team, too, but I think that you I mean, can't I name it. Like, like, I think, I'd, if anything, I'd give the Blazers the edge because of McCollum. Having a second scoring option to take the weight off you is huge. Well, remember, McCollum actually, you know, was also out sometime last year as well. And, you know, they still made the playoffs. You really think that the Blazers team last year was worse than the Warriors this year? I don't think it's worse. I, I think, though, no, I don't think it's worse. But no, the point saying, stands, though. Like, Steph Curry really needed to just make the playoffs. He said, like, we're going to give him a pass for missing the playoffs, even though, like, any other star player would have gotten fucking, like, ridiculed. They would have got fucking burned alive. No, I agree. It was it was hugely disappointing. And I mean, everyone, I hear people say they feel bad for Curry. Like, Curry played on the best team for five years in a row. Like, what do yeah. you mean you feel bad for Curry? He's, enough. he's, he's finally not on a team that has four superstars around him for once in his career. You and you know what? They're going to be really good next year, I think, too. Because they're They are going to be really good next year. They, there's no question about that. But Their owners have just done a great job of consistently surrounding him with talent, and they're going to do it again next year. But let's just not act like, like Curry just like so – we feel bad for him all of a sudden just because he, mm-hmm. for one year, doesn't have a league MVP alongside him. I mean, it's, yeah, it's ridiculous, but – all right, well, let's uh, let's stop talking about the Warriors. Let's talk about the team that won, the Grizzlies, and they beat the Jazz last night too. They beat the Jazz um, again. That was that was, that was shocking. Crazy. I was honestly shocked. Even with no Mitchell, I thought they didn't really stand a chance. I thought Jazz, yeah. I had what did I have? Jazz in five or Jazz in six? Something, but I had Jazz in five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and Jaron Jackson didn't play a lot. He was in foul trouble, and but the the, the Grizzlies backcourt they just smoked them. Morant and Dylan Brooks. I mean, Dylan Brooks is a, is a guy who I just feel like kind of came out of nowhere, and he's been so good this year. Nobody talks about him. Um, the Jazz no didn't question. shoot well from three, but that didn't. You know, I I still I don't think that's an excuse. Like they just couldn't get stops down the stretch, and the Jazz are supposed to be such a good defensive team. 
you know, in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Well, look, the problem I think was obviously no Donovan Mitchell that hurts him a lot. And it kind of, you know, limits them from, you know, cause in the playoffs, of course we know this. I mean, you need a perimeter shot creator. And I feel like when your offense isn't going from three, Donovan Mitchell's a good guy to have, all right, let's slow the game down. Let's stop shooting these threes. Give me the ball and let me go to work. And I feel like when you have that guy, Mitchell, I feel like they don't shoot 47 threes like they did yesterday. The problem was they just kept firing because they, they, had, no, they, they had no other choice. So they just kept firing away from three and they only made 12 threes. I mean, that's just what it came down to. They shot 12 of 47 from three. Um, and you're not going to win like that in the NBA. So yeah. overall for Utah, Clarkson, no panic. I thought Clarkson would have stepped up, but he, he didn't. He had an awful game. But Mitchell should be yeah. back for game two, so they should be fine. Clarkson shot 0 of 8 from three. Yeah, he was just fucking up bricks last night. And the thing is about Utah, they might be the worst number one seed though I've ever seen. Like, I don't care. Like, I know that I, I just said oh. that, but they're, I mean, the fact that they, like, like they're a number one seed. The number one seeds are supposed to be like so much more better. Like they're supposed to be by 20 plus versus games versus eight seeds. And I mean, I know no Mitchell, but I mean, come on, that's pathetic to lose game one as a one seed. I mean, they could do the Lakers in the, in the Bucks thing. Cause I think the Bucks and Lakers both lost last year as one seeds in game one. And then they won mm-hmm. four straight. So they could yeah, I mean, do that. I think I mean, the Jazz do that here, especially with Mitchell coming back, but you know, they just, they did look very unimpressive yesterday. And who, who would they play? Yeah. They would play the winner of Mavs Clippers in the second round. I don't know if they would win that. And the Mavs, the Mavs might make the conference finals. I think they're vulnerable against both of those teams. And to be honest with you, Memphis was really riding. You guys, we got to think about this too. Memphis was riding off a high of, um, you know, it's winning. the police last year. You're right. You're right. You know, they're riding off a high, the highest of highs, making the playoffs, winning the play on get play on uh, play in game. And, you know, Morant was riding off a high. He didn't have a great game, but Dylan Brooks was absolutely fantastic last night and uh you know he's got actually honestly probably one of the best that's one of the best backcourts in the end, uh, nba or one of the most underrated ones because for he's for sure a very very good shooting guard and he's a great defender as well yeah he's I mean, been Valanchunas, underrated his whole career valanchunas was killing it down low too they just had a lot of production last night from a lot of different guys they were very balanced i, I saw kyle anderson scored a bunch of points too well yeah the problem was because rudy gobert would have to step up on a driving morant or a mm-hmm. driving Brooks. And then as, as a result, all they would do is drop it down low to, you know, uh, Valanchunas for second point, second, second uh, putback dunks, or for just like a little drop pass down low um, off the driver Morant or Brooks. So if he's to step up, if Gobert has to continue to step up on Morant in the driving lane, Valanchunas is going to feast all series long. He's going to have a field day. And I think, I mean, obviously Mitchell coming back will help. I, I think the defense on Morant or Brooks, but um, it'll be for interesting sure. to see that, how the series plays out. Yeah, and he'll bring the more consistency offense. And how about this for a one eight matchup though? Because, and I know these series aren't entertaining. They usually the one eights, but the, the eight seed winning game one now puts a lot of pressure on Utah in game two. Because now, mm-hmm. if Utah, I mean, this is a must win for Utah in game two. If they lose this game, I mean, you're going back to Memphis down 0 two, and the Memphis crowd. I mean, they could steal a game in Memphis with that crowd. Oh, sure. So I think that Memphis could be. I mean, this is a must win. They got to win this game. Bottom 100%. line. All I mean, right, um, I'd say most teams, away teams that won game one, the home team must win game two. I'd say the Knicks are in a similar situation. The Knicks go down 0-2, their series is over. 100%. All right, so when we do the podcast next uh, Friday, or this we'll, Friday, we'll have two we, should have, we should have two games down in the Knicks series, the Celtics series, and the Mavericks series. Only two and games? I believe. Yeah, because we play on Wednesday yeah. So no, there will be five five series. We'll have two games down only. It will be Sixers, Wizards, Jazz, Grizzlies, Knicks, Hawks, uh, Celtics, Nets, and Clippers, Mavs. 
three series while three games down. And that will be the Bucks and Heat will have three games down. The Lakers and Suns will have three games down. And the Blazers and Nuggets will have three games down. So, so the Bucks will be a series on the Heat? Is that what you're saying? I, I can't wait to clip that. And the Lakers, could they be in the lead by the time we record this podcast? Yeah, they we will We don't know. Be. Could the Suns be up 2-1? Could the Suns be up 3-0? I mean, the, no. the possibility – this is going to be a fun way to – and the Blazers, are they going to keep that lead? We'll have to see. I mean, it's going to be fun to see what happens in the next couple of days. Um – this is playoff basketball, man. I love, I love just seeing, you know, what's going to happen because we're talking about the game ones right now. And I mean, in a couple of days, they'll be irrelevant because game four will happen. And these teams that took one of the leads will be down three, one already. So it'll be fun. Um, that's going to be it. Peace.